Hi, this is Kelly. And this is Jenna. And you're listening to ODFM. Today's episode is One Dream from Murder. Today, I am going to uh, bless you with two <laughs> stories. Ooh, I feel two so lucky. very similar stories that have very different outcomes. Ooh, okay. I am, I'm super okay. excited. All right, so here we go. We're starting with the first one. Okay. Picture it, Sicily, 19... I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was there. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to was, Italy. Yeah. Okay. No. 1986. Okay. Oof, I had bad hair. <laughs> there was a lot of hair. Yeah. A lot of hair. Oof. Okay, so it's, it's 1986. Kenneth James Parks was a married 23-year-old Canadian man okay. under a lot of stress. Oh, yeah, fun. We all know what that's like right now. Right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. preaching to the choir, dude. Yeah, dude, we get it. <laughs> he was working 10-hour days at his job as a project coordinator for an electric company. Jeez. He had a gambling problem. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, he liked to bet on the horses. He liked the ponies. He liked to play the ponies. Oh, yeah. And he had lost a lot of money. Oh, shit. That's easy. To cover his losses, he took funds from his family's savings. No. Time he had a pregnant wife. <gasps> Not a good time to be taking pregnant. Dang it. Yeah, no. Pregnant savings. Family savings. Pregnant yeah. savings. <laughs> well, really, when, when someone's pregnant for the first time, all savings are yeah. for babies. All savings like, are babies. Everything is baby yeah. related. So it wasn't enough to cover his losses. So he began embezzling money at work. Oh, Shiza. That's, it never works out. Why do people think that's going to work out? It never works out. So at the beginning of 1987, his wife, Karen, gave birth to a baby girl. Okay. But by March of 1987, after his embezzling totaled (gasps) $30,000. Yeah. Oh. His actions were discovered and he was fired from his job. Yeah, that's a little, little too obvious. You can't cover that much. Totally. Wow. On May 20th, he went to his first Gamblers Anonymous meeting. Oh, well, that's good. That's progress. Uh And he made plans to tell his in-laws, Barbara Ann and Dennis Woods, about the gambling and financial problems on Sunday, May 24th. So he was going to come clean the family, probably ask for some help. Yeah, ask for some help. Yeah. Right? So he had a very close relationship with his mother-in-law, who used to refer to him as her gentle giant. Aww. I saw a little side story. So he's 23 and he's married, right? And his his wife is also pretty young. What I heard is a little side story was his wife actually had been a runaway and he actually convinced her, he met her and convinced her to go home. Aww. And so her mother was very, he was very endeared. Yes. Yeah. Aww. You know, so, and then they ended up getting married and all this. Oh, sweet. Um, and they still had two younger kids at home. So she was oh, the wow. oldest and already out and married, but they still okay. had two teenagers at home. So this this all sounds fairly okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's recoverable. Right. You would think. I don't think this part's recoverable. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. In the early morning hours of May 24th, 1987. Now, this is the day he that they had planned to go and talk to the in-laws. Kenneth Parks, who had fallen asleep in front of the TV in the living room, got up, put his shoes on grabbed his keys, walked out of the house, leaving the front door wide open. Or it's Canada. Yeah, right? Yeah. He got in his car, left the garage door wide open, 
and drove 14 miles through the streets of Toronto to the home of his in-laws. Okay. This is all like way early morning. like Okay, like 4 a.m. or something. Yeah. Like super exactly. early. Since it was still early morning, his in-laws were asleep when Kenneth let himself into the house with the key that they had given him. Oh, okay. Upon entering their bedroom, he bludgeoned his <gasps> mother-in-law with a tire iron and stabbed her six times with what? a kitchen knife. What? What? Ken, what are you doing? Uh, one stab was to the heart. <gasps> oh my God. What is he doing? He, I know. He choked and stabbed his father-in-law. Jesus. He snapped. Mm-hmm. He paused outside the bedroom of his two teenage sister-in-laws. Oh, no. Sisters-in-law? Yeah, sisters-in-law. Yeah. They heard him outside the door grunting like an animal. Whoa. Yeah. like That gives me chills. Yeah. Right? (laughs) But he didn't go inside. He instead turned and left the house, drove to a nearby police station where, still covered in blood... He told the officers, I just killed someone with my bare hands. Oh, my God. I just killed someone. I've just killed two people. I just killed my mother and father-in-law. I stabbed and beat them to death. It's all my fault. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. Wow. At least he left the girls. (gasps) Yes. And the father-in-law survived. What? Yes. Holy shit. Apparently he choked him until he passed out and Oh good. He thought he was dead, but he wasn't. Oh my <sighs> god. So Kenneth Parks was arrested for the first degree murder of Barbara Ann Woods and the attempted murder of Dennis Woods. But according to his lawyer, he could not be held liable for his actions because he had committed them while sleepwalking. Whoa. Um <laughs> Whoa. Are you like on mega drugs? Is this like ambient? Uh, 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 apparently not. Wow. So, okay, I got to see if I can say this word. Somnambulism. Somnambulism. Som- okay. Somnambulism represents a twilight state between sleep and wakefulness during which sleepers could engage in complex activities usually seen during wakefulness. Things like carrying on phantom conversations, wandering around your house or outside your house, eating, or potentially dangerous activities such as swimming or driving. Swimming? Holy shit. Right? Wouldn't that wake you up? You would think you'd water. The water, right? There have been cases of homicides committed by people while sleepwalking, though they tend to be rare. Wow. Well, you would hope. This brings up a whole 14 miles he drove. Wow. Yeah, and drove safely. Uh, Right. So he obviously obviously had his eyes open, but he was in a dream state. Yes. Oh my God. Cause I do remember, okay. When I was a kid, I had a few incidents and it was around the time, you know, you're of going through walking? your hormones. Yeah. Oh. Um, and it's, it's about the time of puberty and it, it's okay. happening to another of my friend's girl right now. And she, they have to lock her oh in my her room God. because she <gasps> will leave and do stuff like, and, and I remember <laughs> we were in Disney world 12, maybe it wasn't Disney world, some trip. And we had a balcony outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. The, oh God hotel room and I had gotten up and I was trying to open the door like unlock it and it woke my oh mom my up and she Thank came and I know she was like Jesus you could have walked out and and I can have full conversation still at this time when I'm asleep people can start a I, conversation with me I have done that before yeah. I know my sister has done it before I've, I've witnessed it it was yeah hilarious <laughs> I know I've done it before um I know my husband's used to sleepwalk when he was a kid he wow. woke up outside sometimes <gasps> 
Like he had Yikes. knocked on his neighbor's door, like where his friend lived, Whoa. and they walked him back. <laughs> Whoa. I know. I know my son has. Oh, no. I, I don't know that I would call it sleepwalked, but just really wasn't awake. I know he got up, came into my room. I was like, dude, you okay? He's like, I got to pee. I was like, okay. And he's six. And, you know, so, but then I was like kind of waiting and I didn't hear the light go on in the bathroom and I didn't see the light go on in the bathroom. So I was like, okay. So I went back into, like, I went to his room and he's standing there and I heard a weird noise and I flipped (laughs) on the light and he's standing at the steps of his, of his loft bed, just peeing. I was like, dude, that's not the bathroom. (laughs) He had no idea what I was talking about. He just peed and then went on his merry way. Yeah, I needed to pee. (laughs) I just wanted to tell you. That's not the bathroom, dude. So, you know, but still, this stuff is harmless. My daughter also, when she was really little, had um, night terrors. Oh, Where, like, she would open her eyes. Oh, my God. When she was really little and she couldn't talk yet, like, it freaked me out because I was like, oh, my God. Like, I thought she was blind. (gasps) Then my husband goes, she might be having a night terror. I had those, my sister, my brother. I'm like, where was this information before we had children? Because that would have been helpful for the genetic component of stuff. I, I really feel like... That's one of the things that I feel like people should do before they get married is they yeah. should just have a, a genetic discussion yes. or what yes. weird shit did you do when you were a kid? Yeah. Cause I yeah. want to be prepared for what I'm bringing yes. into this world. For real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, that was off on a tangent. Right. Of course. Small, small tangent. Small. <laughs> During the trial, the court heard testimony about Kenneth Park's long history of deep sleep, including difficulty waking up on many occasions. They heard about the stress he'd been under in the year leaning up to the murder and that he had lost his job and was facing criminal charges for embezzlement. All very stressful. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Personally, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah, (laughs) that's me too. I'd be the opposite. But maybe he was so exhausted and so tired. It's like it just knocked him the fuck out, you know? Right. So after nine hours of deliberation, the jury found him not guilty. <gasps> wow. Wow. I, wow. I don't know about that. How does the daughter feel about that? I mean, I, yeah. oh God, or the girls. Right? Oh. So I know during I know during the trial they were all supportive of him. I can't, that's mind blowing too. Right? <laughs> yeah, but you you killed my mom. Yeah. And almost my dad. Yeah. Oh. So parasomnia is a sleep disorder that causes abnormal behavior while sleeping, including sleepwalking, night terrors, and talking in your sleep. So I feel like some of those are a much yeah. lesser degree. Right. That's a <laughs> range. Know? That's a big range there. I found this YouTube video called The Curious Case of Kenneth Parks. And it was a clip from Dr. Carlos Schenk. It's like... S-C-H-E-N-C-K. There's a lot of C's and K's. and Yeah, okay. Okay. Right. Something. And he was speaking at the World of Science Festival in 2011. And watching that, I learned that Kenneth Parks had a history of sleepwalking. At 11 years old, his mother caught him as he was about to sleepwalk out of a sixth-story window. (gasps) And that parasomnia runs in his family. They found 20 relatives that were of a first or second degree connection to him that also had several different sleep disorders. That's super interesting. I believe this is how, this is what the jury heard. I also found out from that YouTube video that before the incident, Kenneth had suffered from three known triggers that can lead to sleepwalking. 
one, sleep deprivation. Okay. He had apparently been awake for 48 hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot of time. Two, physical stress. And I wish I could have found more information on this, but apparently he had played rugby that day on a hot and humid day and he was out of shape. And I'm wondering like if you're, I don't know, when I've been up for 48 hours, my ass yeah. isn't playing rugby. Right. That's like the that last thing in. you want to do. Right? Unless I don't maybe know he was trying to relieve stress. In. I don't know. Wow. And then three, emotional stress. His gambling debts had yeah. put a huge strain on his marriage, oh, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And he was embezzled against a company. So who knows totally. if they were going to charge And he had him. a five-month-old baby. I mean, that's oh, enough. Yeah. <laughs> that that alone. Self. Sleep yeah. deprivation. The police also noted when he was at the police station that he had cut the tendons in all of his fingers during the attack. Jesus Christ. So they said that the knife had probably slipped. (sighs) Oh, ouch. And since he had felt no pain, that was used in the trial by his defense to show that he was not awake because that would have been extremely painful. Yeah. Holy, you'd think it would wake you up. Oh my God. Uh, Right? How does that not wake you up? I mean, I know when- mind-blowing. I've heard like- I don't know how well it works, but when people have night terrors, you're not supposed to like touch them or whatever, bother yeah. them or whatever. But I do know, and it had worked a couple times with my daughter when she was having night ter- terrors, we would run her hand underwater. Oh, interesting. And that gradually woke her up. Wow. Um, it didn't make her pee her pants. <laughs> no, that's just a slumber party. That's, oh, <laughs> that's okay. different. <laughs> In this doctor's opinion, this Dr. Schneck or whatever, and he's a... a world-renowned sleep expert guy. He said that he was rightfully acquitted, that Kenneth had organized a barbecue at his in-law's house where he was going to tell them about the gambling and how he'd lost his job. So in his sleepwalking mind, he was going Uh, to the barbecue just 12 hours too soon. uh, I still find that really... Animals at the barbecue? (laughs) What? I still found that Really, really, yeah. really weird. And did he take the knife from the home? Yeah, I couldn't find that information. They did say that he took the tire iron from the garage, but okay. it didn't specify if it was his garage at his oh, house or, or their theirs. garage when he got wow. there. And they didn't say where God, the kitchen knife so came from. mind-blowing. Yeah. I, I feel like there were so many opportunities in that that they would have, he could have woken up. Oh, God, that's crazy. So he missed a life sentence by avoiding a guilty verdict. And he wasn't sentenced to a psychiatric hospital because he wasn't judged insane. Instead, he just walked out a free man. Wow. Uh, They may, (laughs) you know, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe he needs at least to be forced to do sleep studies or something for science, you know? Right? So the case was appealed all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada in 1992, but the judges there upheld the decision. Yeah. He was put on medication and reportedly never had a reoccurrence of his somnambulism, which is really after this big one, you've never, never again have you faced any kind of stress and it just went away. I I know he was on medication. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Maybe the medication uh, does something to the brain. So... He was the most recent stuff I could find on him was a news report in 2006 saying that he was now a father of six. Oh, wow. And and maybe he's sleep sexing. (laughs) (laughs) Sleep spreading. Yeah. I would imagine having six different kids, he's gone through plenty of bouts of 
yeah, uh, sleep, sleep deprivation. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> right? doubt. Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. But in 2006, he was in the news because he was running for a spot on the local school board. And it came up in the news that people were like, um, I feel like there's there's like a morality issue. Yeah. This guy killed his, his mother-in-law. Yeah. We don't want to put him through and, any stress. Well, and then they were like, and also he embezzled money. But like, yeah, like, that so maybe we don't want him on the school board. I could not even find if he had gotten it or not. I just saw that it was in the news and a lot of people were upset about it. So I don't know if he ever did. And in that YouTube video, the guy was, he was, he just was kind of like spitting out information. And he kind of said something along the lines was, he's like, I think I heard that they got divorced, which I could understand that would put a strain on the marriage if you uh, killed your killed, in-laws. Yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah I, I could see that. So I was like, Ugh. so I, I wonder, I if, don't know how, oh, yeah. Gosh. He got remarried and know. was like, oh, by the way, I should probably tell you about some stuff. <laughs> I just feel like that's a, he did a lot of stuff there for someone who was sleepwalking. Yeah. And how do you not wake up? That is super, super interesting. Mm-hmm. He should definitely have to be volunteered to do sleep studies. There should something. be something. Something. I, you know, or if it was um involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Involuntary, involuntary, right? That's a whole thing, right? It is here. You know, like, Maybe not in Canada. I don't know. But you would think. I don't know. But isn't that something that you can get, like, if you cause an like a car accident yeah. and someone yeah. you know and someone dies yeah you, know, you can definitely granted, that. you weren't trying to but right you were their cause he walked insane yeah he should have gotten something isn't that weird oh that poor family how sad I, seriously so i wonder if those six kids were with that same woman then because i don't know <laughs> that's what i, I wonder was wondering if he, too. if he got remarried or something because that's own a small business or make cool and unusual handcrafted items? We love artists and small business owners, and we would be stoked to help get the word out about yours. Consider advertising with us through this podcast. It's super affordable, and our podcast reaches every corner of the U.S., even worldwide. To find out more, visit otfmpodcast.com and click on the Advertise With Us link. Let's get your creativity into the hands of people who would love it. I am now going to tell you a similar story that had a very different ending. Ooh, okay. Now we're going to fast forward to 1997. Oh, okay. Oh, 10 years later. Put put yourself in there. Okay. I'm feeling, um, I was very into rap and... Beastie Boys. Okay. Beastie Boys. It. Okay. Think think Beastie Boys. Okay. I'm Beastie Boy. On the night of January 17th, 1997, 41-year-old okay. Scott Filater, and yes, that's how you say his name. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh, so I'm just going to stop there. <laughs> Filater. It's like Filater. the mas- masturbator of Phil's. Exactly. The Filater. <laughs> Filater. Okay. Oh, God. 41-year-old Scott Filater was preparing for a lesson plan for the Mormon religious education class he taught early mornings. Oh. So, yes, oh. their professor of Felicia. Mormon religious education was <laughs> Scott <laughs> Professor <Filater>. of Felicia. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Okay. okay. So he used to teach a religious education, cl- education class early mornings before he went to work as an engineer for Motorola. Yarmilla was his wife. Wow. And he used to call her Yarm. That was her Yarm. How that was her pretty. Yarm. Yeah. 
not yam, but yarm. Yarmila, yeah. um, <laughs> also 41, and his wife of 20 years, asked him to go look at the filter on the in-ground pool in the backyard of their Phoenix, Arizona home. So they had a, an in-ground pool, and okay. she's like, something's wonky something's with up. the filter. Yeah. Can you go look at oh, it? Oh, God. This is... He was really tired, because he gets up early and teaches this class. Then he works all day. Oh, yeah. But... You know, she was like, can you please go look at it? I'm worried if you don't deal with it, it's going to, like, the whole pool is going to turn green by morning. Ew. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm afraid to find out what's in the pool. So he went outside and tried to fix a damaged O-ring, but it was after 9 p.m. So So he was finding, he was finding it too difficult to do in the dark. He's Mm -hmm. tired. He's just like, I, you know, he tried. Mm -hmm. So he gave up and he went inside. I don't, I don't recommend messing with pool equipment in the dark, especially if you've been drinking a lot. I haven't ever done that. Um, <laughs> so Yarmila had fallen asleep on the couch watching the TV show ER, which oh, in yeah. 1997, oh, yeah. I was also watching. Me too. He kissed her goodnight, said, I'll fix it tomorrow and went upstairs to bed. Their two teenage kids were already in bed and it was around 9.30 PM. That's the part of the story that wow. I found really weird. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. How <laughs> did they achieve that? Because that does not happen at my house. Exactly. My kids aren't in bed at 9.30 PM and they're yeah. six and 11. Oh. Anyway, the next thing Scott remembers is standing at the top of the stairs mm. of his home in his pajamas with a police officer pointing a gun at him and oh. yelling for him to get on the floor. Jesus Christ. Yep. He was <gasps> hopelessly confused. And he was asked, are there any other people in the home? And he said, yes, my wife and two children. But this was odd because the police already knew that Yarmila was dead floating <gasps> in the blood-filled pool in the backyard. Uh, uh, your face right now (laughs) what did you do scott right oh their neighbor their next door neighbor greg coons i heard there were a couple of different reports on this so this is just one report of what he saw and said because i saw a couple different ones so i'm not really sure which one is the actual one correct yeah he heard screams coming from his next door neighbor's house other okay. places said he just heard moans and rustling and rolling okay. around in the in the rocks because that place in Arizona, uh, that area in Arizona, you know, they had right. rocks in there. They were escaping. Yeah. Smart. Wow. So it, he heard something. That's all. Yeah. There was yeah. noises and he was like, I'm going to go like, does mm-hmm. somebody need help? What's going? It was just, it was. Suspect. Okay. So he peered over the fence between the properties and he saw Scott repeatedly stabbing his wife <gasps> in the backyard. And then go inside and change clothes. Wow. Next, he saw Scott try to quiet their agitated dog, which I believe is was a golden retriever. So the, the filator's oh. dog um, tried to quiet the dog, then rolled Yarmila into the swimming pool oh. and held her head <gasps> underwater. Jesus Christ. Wow. Then he sealed, I know, he sealed the knife and bloody clothes in a Tupperware container and deposited it into the wheel well of his Volvo. So the neighbor called 911, which I got to uh, stop right there going, if you're watching all this. I know, like, why neighbor, are you running to call? Yeah, first. why didn't you Why did you watch this whole thing go down? And also, why didn't you be like, yo, what are you doing? Like, I would have yelled, right? Because maybe yeah. he would have stopped. Maybe. <laughs> oh. So he calls 911, and according to ABC 15, the neighbor told the dispatcher, quote, the husband just threw, I believe, the wife into the pool, and it looked like he's holding her underwater. And I'm, that's why I was like, so obviously she wasn't dead, so you could have stopped it. Yeah. Like, that was the part of the story that really yeah. bothered me. I yeah. was like, you just like, watched all this go down? 
what the hell? He was just like, let me get the popcorn. I mean, <laughs> right? That's kind of what I felt like. What the hell? Because listing all those things, I'm like, you know, this isn't something he saw in 60 seconds. He yeah. watched this, this play out. Yeah, especially he went inside, he changed clothes. Why wouldn't right. he run then even just to go check on her, you I, know, or something? Right? Pull her out of the pool? I don't know. Yeah. Something, right? Oh. Dial 911 and then go pull her out? Yeah. Of I don't know. Something. Something. The dispatcher wow. asked if there had been a fight and the neighbor replied, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know. It's weird. And I'm concerned. You think? <laughs> I'm concerned. I mean, I, I have disturbing her. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm a little worried. Nah, right. Maybe I might go the, back to bed. The other thing that I found really odd. Oh, God. Was 15 year old Megan and 12 year old Michael didn't hear any of the attack. Wow. So maybe they have their deep sleep, too. <laughs> Right? Like, I, it's these kids went to bed at like nine o'clock and they were yeah. like sound asleep. I don't know. It was weird. Michael said, Michael was 12 at the time, said he was awoken by a police officer and that they told him his parents had a fight and that his mother was dead. <gasps> oh, what a problem. I know, baby. which oh I was God. like, I think they could have handled that better. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe just say, hey, we need to leave. Right. There's been an accident. Yes. We're going to go down to the police station yeah. and I'm going to let someone more qualified tell yeah, you what tell happened. Yeah, tell you how. And tell you in a better way. Seriously. That bothered me too. I'm like, what the fuck? So at the police oh. station is where Scott was informed that Yarmila was dead and that a neighbor saw him stab her numerous times before drowning her in the pool. Again, he watched wow. a whole slew of activity. Didn't do anything. Yeah. Oh. During the interrogation, Scott told Detective John Norman he had no memory of what he had done and that he and Yarmila had a happy marriage. All he remembered was Yarmila watching ER on TV when he went to bed that night. And the next thing he recalled was the sound of police sirens in his driveway. And he said, I heard the dogs go crazy and I heard all the voices. I came down and you guys were all over me. God. Oh, so again, how annoying. Right, yeah, oh my exactly. God. Like you guys were just everywhere. But again, so the kids heard nothing? But it woke him up. But they have up. like earplugs in? I, right. But it woke him up when he hadn't been able to wake yes. up, even with all the stuff he did. Right, exactly. His what? wife yelling and fighting at him didn't wake him up, but the sirens oh. did. This story I heard about because they literally just did a 2020 episode on it that aired on January 30th. Of oh, just my God. 2021. Okay, to look that up. And I watched, I only watched the first half of it, but I watched the first half of it and I saw video of Scott in the interrogation room um, and he's wearing clean pajamas. Right. So he, he went changed. And got changed. He's, in, he's in clean pajamas. What was really odd was he doesn't deny killing his wife. He just keeps saying, I don't remember doing that. And he's not combative. He's not like, oh my God, you guys, it wasn't me. Somebody killed my wife. Go figure out who it was. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I feel like if that was me, I would be like, you got the wrong person and somebody's out there that just killed yeah. my wife. Like I'd be upset. But he just, <laughs> he just sits there. He doesn't demand that they find out what happened to his wife. He's just like resigned to the fact that they said he did it. He sits on a chair. So they're like in the interrogation room. And there's the police officer facing him and there's a table and he's sitting on a chair that's between the table and the wall. And he just keeps like slumping over and like resting his head on the wall. And he's kind of like hunched over, like he's just really defeated. I'm just, it was, I found it really kind of I wonder if he'd had lots of incidents in the past with the sleep. Where he's, there are some, I will tell you there are some, but still he's just like. 
taking their word for it's it. Like, like, okay, I feel like you're right. I'd be like, something's wrong here, you guys. Yeah. So then the police officer tells him that he has blood on his neck. And this surprises him. And he's like, I do like he, he's in there in the interrogation room, like grabbing his neck. He's like, I, I, I didn't know that was there. And they photograph it on him. He's got like blood spatter, like on the back <gasps> of his ear and stuff. Oh, God. Yes. He tells the police, I must have been sleepwalking. And he, again, denies that there was any trouble in their marriage. There was no reason for him to, to hurt his wife. <sighs> so he also is arrested and charged with first degree murder, like the other guy was. Okay. So Scott's mother and sister recounted numerous, sometimes violent sleepwalking incidents that occurred during Scott's youth. His sister, Laura, said she had once tried to wake him up while he was uh, sleepwalking as a teenager, and he reacted by flinging her across the room. Oh, wow. Right. I would so, have like a squirt bottle near me at all, all times. <laughs> right. No, no. <laughs> no, bad, bad. Up, wake up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, a stun God. gun. Okay. Yes. You know, seriously. Mm-hmm. So because of this information, his attorney decided to nix a planned insanity defense and build a case around somnambulism. It was, I mean, that other one had gotten off in Canada. I'm sure they could use it as like... At his trial, which began in June of 1999, prosecutors sought the death penalty. Wow. Jurors were told that Yarmila Filater had been stabbed 44 times. Good Yeah, that's uh, excess. I mean, the other guy, six times. Yeah. Again, not that that was... You be- no. 44 times. Most were defensive wounds, but some were fatal. Aww. They were also told that Scott Filater had put gloves on before killing his wife. Oh, let's see that. Uh-huh. <sighs> and that afterward, he had bandaged a cut on his finger. Uh, see, I just don't know if you right? could be that asleep. I right? don't know. On 2020, oh. they, they showed him in the interrogation room, and he's got a Band-Aid on his hand, and they're like, where'd you get that cut? And he's like, I... I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember doing that. I, but yeah, wow. I mean, like he cut his finger. He, uh, yeah. Police said that bloody clothes and a knife were found in his van, indicating that he had tried to cover up his actions. Yeah. The neighbor who witnessed the attack testified that they saw Scott, quote, quieting the dog, going up the stairs, turning on a light, taking clothes off, going down to the garage, getting things out, putting things back in the car. All while eating his popcorn and enjoying right? the show. Again, I was like, what? dude, <laughs> yeah. at what point did you call 911 or check on Yarmila? I don't know. I yeah. just, Dr. Roger Broughton and Dr. Rosalind Cartwright, two of the world's leading sleep experts at the time, testified at the trial that Scott could have killed his wife while sleepwalking, telling the court that if she had disturbed him in his sleep, he could have perceived her as a threat. I but guess. would he have had time to put his gloves on? Right. Like, okay, hold up. I know I'm going to have to attack you, but let me put my gloves on. <laughs> right. Let me, let me get my gloves on. Let me get my gloves. And Weird. Okay, so I'll tell you this part first. But Dr. Cartwright said that sleepwalkers have committed such senseless acts as destroying their own furniture or plunging their own arms through panes of glass. Jesus. Right. I wow. I think that that would wake you up, though. Yeah. Once you had done oh, that, then you'd be like, whoa. Yeah. So her theory was that Scott, while sleepwalking, was working to fix the swimming pool pump when Yarmila walked over to question him about it and his fight or flight impulse kicked in and he attacked her. So, but my thing about that was he wouldn't have been wearing gloves to fix an O-ring 
on a filter. You wouldn't think Do you know what so. I mean? Like that's not a yeah wear gloves situation. So when did he put the gloves on? You wouldn't so. think, but maybe he, you know, if you're in a sleep state, maybe he's thinking something else. I guess. I so did know. he fall asleep while he was writing his Mormon class stuff? And then, but in his, in his sleep, she asked, go fill the pit. I don't know. It, yeah. I just, that just sounded weird. Really weird. Let's see. So sleepwalkers are incapable of facial recognition during episodes, Cartwright said. Scott mistook Yarmilla for an attacker, she believed. On cross-examination, the other expert, Dr. Broughton, did admit that for a sleepwalker to do as many specific and complicated actions as Scott had, including committing a violent crime, hiding evidence, and changing clothes is highly unusual. Yeah. Those are the things. Like, I can almost see you attacking somebody, you know, and not waking up. But, yeah, changing your clothes, putting things in a Tupperware bin. Yeah. Specifically putting them in your car. That's a lot of steps. Uh, Scott Filater took the stand at his trial, which we all know is like a... Yeah, you never do that, goddammit. Telling jur- jurors that his wife was his high school sweetheart and that they wanted to be together forever. Oh. They were married in 1976. Both were raised ca- uh, Catholic, but they converted. Oh, wow. And he said, quote, there was no way I could do that, not intentionally. And he was crying at times during his uh, testimony saying, I loved her. I don't know what I would do without her. Uh, well, you're going to figure it out, I guess. <laughs> you're going to have to figure it out real yeah. quick. Prosecutors painted their marriage as not so perfect, however. Hmm. They said that Scott had a desire for more children that wasn't shared by his wife and that she was unhappy with the family's Mormon faith. Oh. And prosecutors also reportedly told the court that her body was found without her wedding ring. Ooh, but yeah. I mean, I mean uh, some people take them off at night to sleep. You know, some people take them off. Some people, oh. I, you know, I, I, yeah. I, it wasn't enough. They basically they didn't have a great motive no. to pin it on. That they didn't yeah. have anything good. So, you know, I mean, yeah, is it an argument? One wants more kids. One doesn't. That's kind of a problem. Yeah, religion can be a big thing, especially oh, since sure. they both converted together. And then one's like, uh, I don't know yeah, if I'm into this, this might anymore. Not be my thing. These yeah. are all stressful things, but. Right. But murder things? It's not really murder motive, you know? She also felt that he spent too much time on church activities. But again, that's... I mean, that's not... It's still, you know, these are still, as as far as I could tell, pretty minor, you know... I mean, it's not embezzling. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Or or draining the the family savings account because of gambling issues. So uh, the defense argued that stress could have brought on Scott's sleepwalking episodes. His coworker testified, no, saying that his work stress at Motorola was constant. She said it was not a 40-hour job. I'll put it that way. It was a 60, 80-hour job kind wow. of thing. Okay. And he was doing this teaching classes. Yeah. Trying and to then, fix the And pool. then she asked him to fi- fix the pool. And he was just like, <laughs> <He's> like <laughs> I am tired. You know, done. Still. <laughs> that, that's. That wow. was the straw that broke yeah. the camel's back, the pool. The coworker also said he would be under tremendous amount of pressure from his management to get products released on time. So the deadlines he had to meet were incredibly tough and everybody gets stressed or tense, but I never saw him lose his cool. Hmm. Yeah, because he held he, it all in and right? he <laughs> well, lost he it. he did now. Yeah, yeah. Big okay. time. Oh, so prosecutor Juan Martinez during the trial said to Scott, explain to me then as you're stabbing your wife 44 times and she's screaming mm-hmm. and you're moving about 
how is it that a tiny alarm on your watch can wake you up, Ooh, but yeah. her screaming can't? That's and a really Scott, good point. Uh, responded with, it didn't always wake me up. I'm not a sleep doctor. I can't explain the difference, sir. Wow. I'm sorry. It's just not wow. good enough. Yeah. <laughs> you um, know, I mean. Maybe right. don't take the stand. Just say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ex- another brilliant example of mm. don't take the stand in your yeah. own defense, even though everybody wants to hear from you. It usually you don't doesn't. have all the right answers <sighs> no. for mm-hmm. cross-examination. Oh, no, my it's God. too easy to get caught in a trap. So jurors convicted Scott after eight hours of deliberation. The Ooh. judge sentenced him to life in prison. Oh, see, he got something then. Oh, yeah. Good. This was weird, though. Scott announced as he left the courtroom, it's not over yet, which I think is really uh, weird. I, I feel like after that, what you should do is shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Just and, walk out. And who has to be the poor soul that shares a bunk with him in <gasps> prison? Dude, I'd be freaking out. I'd be like, oh, I you? Mean, this I, no. shithead kills people in his sleep. Ah! Seriously. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to need to request a new roommate. <laughs> Can I get a different roommate, please? Oh my I'll God. take the serial um, killer down the road. Down yeah, the right. Uh, that, that, at least I know when he's sleeping, <laughs> I can sleep, right? <laughs> God. He's, he can plot, but. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. He did express remorse in a quote published by the Associated Press. He said, I have no memory of what happened. The only thing I do know is that I loved my wife. I've tortured myself a hundred times with thoughts of what must have been going through her mind as she was being attacked Mm. by me. It had to have been terrifying, confusing, and painful experience for her. Uh, And for your kids. And for, oh God, right? Mm. Several jurors spoke out right after the verdict. One juror said, quote, I felt that maybe the first two stabs to Yarmila, but the number of stab wounds yeah. and the fact that she was drugged to the pool and held under, I can't believe he was sleepwalking. Which also brings me back to like, when he got in the pool, that yeah. didn't wake him up either. Right. That the water. The water. Wow. Another juror said after the murder had taken place, he panicked and tried to cover it up. That was the thing that- That, that could be- and then a third juror said, quote, taking the clothes and putting them in the container and putting the container inside the trunk, cleaning yeah. up, changing clothes, that just struck us as not quite believable. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. His sentencing was in the year 2000 and his two kids pleaded for their father's life yeah. and the judge decided against the death penalty okay. and sentenced him to, to life without parole. Oh, wow. He told ABC News, quote, we were meant for each other. I never doubted that, and I still don't doubt that, uh, so I will miss her till the day I die. Ah, uh, so will your kids. Right. Uh, I, that's so sad. Uh, that's that's the second story creepy. that happened only 10 years later, but very different. But I still feel like there was a lot of, I still feel like there were a lot of similarities. I mean, yeah. both attacks were really brutal. Really brutal. And uh, yeah, and with the first one, like, you'd have to go search for a tire iron and search for a knife. And he had to drive 14 yeah, miles. Driving. Yeah, good point. Holy balls. And he didn't drive, like, just anywhere or go mm-hmm. to the house next door. He mm-hmm. went specifically to his in-law's house. Oh, gosh. I can't believe he didn't get anything. It makes you wonder if Canada has a little bit different Right? I wonder. Structure. They didn't say anything, but I... I I wonder if they had any kind of life insurance policy on her in-laws. <gasps> Ooh. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. That's a good thought. 
I don't know what Scott Felater's motive would have been other than, I, I don't know. I, I don't even yeah, know. Other than maybe snapping. Yeah. Maybe snapping. Maybe he just didn't want to be married anymore. Yeah. And he just didn't want to, I don't know what the Mormon faith, how they look at divorce. divorce. Yeah, they do. Um, so I have friends that are Mormon and there is a thing like, oh, if, if one has done something wrong, like infidelity or whatever, they kind of get kicked out of the faith okay. and then they'll usually take care of the woman or whoever, but uh, they're, it can be rough for them too. So it what is if it's, pretty badly looked upon. Right. So that's probably not that easy to be. And she, she didn't even want to stay in the Mormon faith. She wanted to, she wanted to convert back or just not be. Maybe he was so afraid of being excommunicated kind of because you do. That, that could be. Yeah. Cause if she was going to leave him or whatever, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong on all that. So if, if I am somebody no, write she, in and, and correct me. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 We're just, but, yeah, we're just conjecture. talking, just trying to think of what, but isn't that crazy? So that's, that's my, that's one dream. dream. I actually guess it should be two dreams. Two her. dreams. From but that's her. not the title of our show. So, no. so <laughs> we're going with one, one with twice. One. Yes. They shared the same dream. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> right. Sources for this episode include APnews.com, Providentia.com. I'm guessing here. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sounds good. TorontoCityNews.ca, ForensicFilesNow.com people.com, heavy.com, azfamily.com, and abc's 2020. There was something, what's the Twinkie defense? There was something about the Twinkie defense. I need to look that up. There's There's, a Twinkie defense? There's a Twinkie defense. (laughs) And it has, it's something kind of like that weird insomnia. I'll have to look it up. Oh, interesting. Yeah, one Twinkie. I wonder what they would have used if they had decided to go with the insanity defense. Yeah. It was just stressed out. and Yeah, like severe anxiety. But still, I feel like even that insanity defense or he just lost it for, I don't know. Bizarre. I kind of feel like he's where he should be. And the, yeah. the other guy should should have had something. something. I think you're right. Involuntary manslaughter would have been smart. Yeah. Someone still died at his yeah. hands because of his actions. Yeah. I, I mean, they don't have that up there. That's you know, I that. teach my kids that if they hurt somebody, like if they, you know, because one mm-hmm. will slam into the other by accident yeah. and they'll be like, yeah. ah. And I'll be like, apologize. Like, well, I didn't do it on purpose. Like, you still say sorry. You still did it. You still hurt them. You just say, I'm sorry you got hurt. So, you know, if I can teach my kids that, he could do something. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Some community service, at least. Right. Instead, he's running for the school board. Oh, God. Yeah. And I'm kind of with the, I mean, I get it like that whole, well, he was up for murder and he was cleared, but, but but yeah, I don't know if I want anybody on the school board who's, who's been... Well, charged with embezzling. Yeah, even the embezzlement <laughs> like, alone is right? enough, let alone murder. I think we could do better on our school I think board. we can um, <laughs> find somebody, because maybe he'll embezzle from the school district, which <gasps> doesn't have any money right? anyway. Right. So. Has he stopped with the ponies? Do we know? Right. Do we do know we if know? he stopped? Did that cure him? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening. Please stay odd. Stay odd with us. Yes. We're odd. We don't want to be odd by ourselves. Right. Oh, and enter our sticker contest. Yes, so, we need some stickers for season two. So if yes. you're listening or if you want to re-listen to any of the episodes on season two and you think of some good good ideas for stickers, yeah, we could use some help. 
We can do Plus, something. Plus, I mean, how That's awesome fun. does it look on your resume that I made a sticker for a random podcast? I mean, yes. employers and want that. Everybody does. And if, if yours gets chosen, you get a free sticker sheet. Yeah, we'll send you. Season's stickers. We'll send you some stickers. Yeah. yeah. We'll send you stickers. To see images from this story, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ODFM Podcast or on our website at odfmpodcast.com, where you'll also find a link to our merch store, where you can get awesome stuff like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. And if the weekly podcast just isn't enough to fill your ODFM cup full, join our fan club on Patreon for more content like minisodes, bloopers, and discounts at our merch store. That site is patreon.com slash odfmpodcast. And if you do love our bloopers and need more than we naturally do, which is a lot, buy us a glass of wine at buymeacoffee.com slash ODFM podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful. 